Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Social Selling, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. We always say it, we always mean it, and it's true because this is where the best run. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I have a quote from a young man named Jeff Gibbard, G-I-B-B-A-R-D, a True Voice Media, and his website reads the following, I'm the one and only Jeff Gibbard. I have a unique set of skills, all centered around helping people do something they love, and we'll leave it at there. But this is a really cool quote. He says, social business, this is not a drill, people. Okay, just let that sink in for a second. Now, let's talk about how you and your sales force are doing selling today. You are armed with a list of prospects. You're told this is your target. Close them. You're going to use all of your old tools in the arsenal, in the toolbox. You may still be doing cold calling, voicemail, email scripts. Remember those. You have a list of objections and rebuttals if they say this you say that, and then you've got all of your brochures and your maybe PDFs ready to send. Okay, that's traditional selling. Maybe not so bad. A lot of good stuff in there. Now let's talk about social selling. That's what we do on the series. Social media, relationship building. It's not about slamming somebody with a buy this now. It's what can I do for you? It's a warmer approach. You're dealing with prospects who are hopefully digitally savvy. They're out there. They're on social channels. They may be on Pinterest and Instagram and hopefully LinkedIn and Facebook. And you are going to go where they are. But it's a warm, softer approach. It's not an, okay, I'm selling something you got to buy. So what if you really wanted to combine the two methods? Could there be some from the traditional and some from the social that you could put together? What would happen if you could figure out a way to move the needle faster and smarter if you use social on top of some of the traditional selling methods. What an idea. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I don't know if it's evolutionary or revolutionary, but our topic today is social plus traditional selling. Get to the close faster. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome. Happy to have you here and a shout out to our global audience. We are so pleased to have you on board listening today. And I have three experts who are going to help us figure this out. In a moment, I'll be introducing you to Mark Lotenero. I'm reading on the way I have to pronounce all the names at Grapevine 6. We had one of his colleagues on a couple weeks ago. Brandon Bornenson at Seamless.ai. We'll find out what they do in welcoming back a returning panelist, Marco Kai at SAP, who is one of the founders of the SAP Social Selling Program. So, gentlemen, thank you very much. Let's start with Mark Lotenero. Mark, everywhere I have your name, I have to put 10, T-E-N, in capital letters. So I'll remember Mark Lotenero because I am going to get it right. Mark, Mark has sent us a quote. He's a senior client success manager for Grapevine 6, and he sent us a beautiful quote we haven't heard in quite a while from Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou 
1928 to 2014, American poet, singer, memoirist, and civil, I want to be a memoirist when I grow up, Mark, and civil rights activist. She published seven autobiographies, three books of essays, many books of poetry, and was credited with a list of plays, movies, and TV shows spanning over 50 years, dozens of awards. She's best known for her series of autobiographies, and the first one, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, 1969, tells of her life up to the age of 17. That's what made her famous. So here's the quote. Listen up. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Beautiful quote. Mark Latenero, how are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for asking, Bonnie. How are you? Uh, well, thank you for asking. I return the compliment. I'm I'm great. This is going to be an exciting show. So we're talking about combining social and traditional. Tell me how your quote relates to the topic, and then I'm going to ask you point blank, can it be done? So quote first, Mark. Sure, yeah. So um, I've, I've really loved this particular quote for years now. It's, uh, you know, it's an oldie but goodie. It doesn't really have a shelf life. Um, and for me, it's, it's, it's so unbelievably spot on, and it truly encapsulates the power of emotion and the power of the brain. And so when you think about it, you know, a lot of our memories, both, both the good and the bad, are, are tied to how we felt in that moment. So, you know, the way we feel or felt is often a result of what was said or done, but ultimately, the memory exists based on the feeling that followed. So, for example, if your boss comes to you and says, hey, Mark, you did an awesome job in that pitch, could have done better myself, or on the contrary, you did an awful job, you missed on these points, you really need to work on it, you know, either way, you're going to remember how those words made you feel more than the actual words that were said themselves. And, um, you know, this, this concept really does translate well into the social media world and incorporating social into those traditional uh, selling tactics as well. Um, but the one thing that you can't leverage typically in a traditional sales environment um, is something that we should all be using to our advantage. One word, I'm sure you guys have heard of it, dopamine. Uh-huh. And so social media um, uniquely unlocks the ability to tap into people's emotions and you, you, without even being in front of them, without even actually meeting them. So most of you know, when we share content or share a post and someone interacts with that, you know, they like it, they retweet it, they reshare it, they comment. That action releases dopamine into the brain, the, the feel-good chemical that the brain associates with pleasure and reward. And so that's why we get that little rush and that heartbeat um, in our chest when we, you know, start to hear our devices buzz with those notifications. And so that's why it's, it's so critical to consistently interact with your audience on social media, because when they see your name multiple times over and over again, liking, mm-hmm. commenting, resharing, they're going to associate you with the feel-good sensation that is created from dopamine. So, you know, while they may not necessarily remember what you said, they're going to remember how you made them feel, which, especially in a sales role, is going to create a much, much warmer prospect for you guys. So that's why I love that quote. Um, I thought it transitioned well into the social world. And obviously, you know, we're going to talk about how those efforts can be supplemented with your traditional sales efforts. But love the quote, never going to forget it, have it written on my wall. 
Well, wow. I I love the quote, too. And it really does. Mark, you're right. It really does get to the heart of it, the feeling. And that's what the warmer approach is on social. It's relationship building. It's people talking to people about what matters to people. Isn't that really the basis of what it is? Forget all of the we've got something to sell and you're the perfect person and I want you to buy it right now. We don't do that anymore on social. One question for you before I move on to Brandon, and he also sent us a a really cool quote. Um, The question is, do you think that the people who came up through the ranks doing quote-unquote traditional selling can open their minds and their hearts to accepting the new method through social, that relationship building, that slower, warmer, get to know them first and never really push the hard sell on them. Do you think that that's, that's going to take longer for traditional salespeople to embrace and be good at? You know, some of the times, yes. Um, you know, we're all, you know, we're all humans and we all love our habits and it's tough to break us out of those habits. But I think point blank step one is if a traditional sales rep who's been doing things a certain way for X amount of years doesn't feel like they need to use social, it's simply because they don't understand the value of it. They don't understand Mm -hmm. what it can truly do for them. So some of us more digital savvy folks out there understand right away, um, you know, off the bat, how leveraging social can help move the sales needle. But for some of us who have been in the game for a little bit longer and are used to our traditional tactics, it may take a little bit longer to adopt it. Um, But, you know, once they start executing over time, they're going to start seeing some results. The numbers out there, Bonnie, really, really speak to the value um, of social, too. So I think it's going to take a little more education up front uh, to get uh, some of the more skeptical folks involved. But once they start actually getting involved, they're going to see some results. And then I, I think from there, there's no looking back. Thank you. I like that. Very definitive, Mark. Pleasure to get to know you. We'll find out more about you in a few minutes. And now let's go a little bit around the table to Brandon Bornanson, CEO and founder at Seamless.ai. And we will find out a little bit later what he does. And he sent us a quote from Ross Simmons. And I'm so interested, Brandon, when I went to look up Ross Simmons, S-I-M-M-O-N-D-S, his website was a little bit like the one from the guy I quoted, uh, Jeff Gibbard or Gibbard at True Voice media where he says i'm the one and only jeff gibbard and this one says for ross simmons it says ross simmons what's this dude all about thanks for dropping by the name's ross i I, i've never seen websites that that approach that and talk about being social anyway uh he says on his website ross simmons says i'm passionate about technology the future good people good coffee and storytelling i think we need to invite him on the show he's the founder of hustle and grind uh ed crate and other marketing content marketing services. Here's the quote. Listen up, everybody. This is really good. He says, hustle beats talent when talent doesn't hustle. Brandon, welcome. How are you today? Good morning. Doing great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted. And by the way, do you know what Ross Simmons' Twitter handle is? I do. Do you happen to know what it is? No, I do not. And, and and I originally thought this was a Will Smith quote, but you're like, ah, I think this is Ross's. So uh, hats off to Will, who, who repeats it a lot. And congrats but to I have Ross. to tell you what the handle is. Ross Simmons' handle on Twitter is the coolest cool. 
coolest cool. Nice. The, the coolest cool. Just want you to know, guy has no problem with ego. Actually, it's very, very strong. So hustle beats talent when talent doesn't hustle. What does this have to do with our topic today, Brandon? Yeah, when it comes to social selling and traditional selling, you know, we, we see so many salespeople and so many marketers that doubt the power of social selling. And, you know, it's, it's easy to say social doesn't work. LinkedIn doesn't work. Twitter doesn't work. Facebook doesn't work. You know, all of these different opportunities to engage and interact and connect with our, our ideal customer personas and prospects. But, but the truth of the matter is it, it works great if, if you work hard at it. If you're on social mm-hmm. and you're working really hard and you're hustling and you're making connections, you're writing content, you're liking your prospects' posts, so you're commenting, you're sharing, you're making introductions for your network to grow and you're connecting your network to new opportunities and new strategies and ideas socially, then of course social selling works. But if you don't do anything and you're on LinkedIn or on Twitter and you're just following people or connecting with people, you know, every hour, one, once a month for an hour, of course, it's not going to work. So hustle beats talent when talent doesn't hustle. We've worked with you know, thousands of salespeople who aren't leveraging social to, to the power that it, it can, can do to maximize revenue, pipeline, and sales results. And, and I think this quote really comes into play. You have to work hard at it. You have to deliver value to your network. And you have to play the long game. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I, I agree. And it's it's interesting, the idea of hustle, when I'm speaking just a few minutes ago, Brandon, about the warmer approach and the softer approach, approach. And you said it takes time. Building relationship takes time, right? You've got to, one of the tenets of social selling is be where your prospects are. You have to figure out where they are. Are they big on Instagram? Are they on LinkedIn every day? Are they using Facebook? Are they representing themselves? Are they representing their company? What are their needs? Are they screaming through the through whatever they're doing on social I need XYZ my company needs XYZ how do you figure out how to build that relationship so uh, I'm, I'm intrigued with the word hustle because hustle says to me be fast be aggressive get in there almost put your gloves on and then we're saying warmer but really hustle is I guess the, the verb the mantra for embracing social understanding it making the time to do it right have i got that right brandon yeah i I think hustle with social really encompasses four four key factors hard work you have to work hard at social number two you have to be value driven to be value driven to marco or mark or bonnie who's on the show right now you know i have to come up with ways to deliver value to her and her business to move them from where they are today to where they need to go tomorrow Number three, you have to be authentic. Mm-hmm. People don't like fake people on social. The minute you start being authentic and you start being you uh, is the minute that you, you really grow your network and grow the people that will follow you. And then lastly, location. You have to be on the, you have to be in social where your network is at. If your whole network is on LinkedIn, you, you, know, you can minimize the amount of effort and time and capital that you're investing in other networks. You know, where if your whole social, you know, your whole audience is on Facebook and on Twitter, then you need to maximize the time that you're spending there. So, you know, I think it's all about hard work, authenticity, being value driven and, and being where your audience is at. And all of that takes a lot of hustle to do right and to do at scale. 
It does. And and Brandon, I remember a couple, even just a couple of years ago when social was starting to make its way into selling, I remember people say, saying, I took a lot of seminars on this, and I remember online webinars, I guess. But I remember people saying, how much time am I going to have to spend? That was really the question. Oh, you have to spend at least 15 minutes a day. Oh, I don't know if I have time for 15 minutes a day. You have to spend an hour a day. Oh, I definitely don't have time for an hour. And so it was a question of what do I have to do to stretch my day to encompass this? Now, it for anybody who does it, is it even a question of how much time it takes, Brandon, or is it a question of this is part of the scope of what I'm going to do today? It's part of my my mission. It's part of my method, and it's just something I do. Do you think it's it's still at the minutes and hours level where people are trying to figure out what to do? What's your quick thought on that? I, I think it is, but it needs to be just a requirement. Like. Yes. To to effectively sell and to maximize your your revenue results, you need to leverage a multi-channel, you know, multi-touch campaign. You know, you need to be leveraging calling and emailing and direct and and the traditional ways of selling. And then you also need to be incorporating social selling into all your outbound sales and marketing efforts. So it's a requirement. You can't look at it as in in minutes and, and hours. It's just to build a relationship. You have to target these personas, target your prospects across every single channel and and work hard to deliver value so that they pay attention to you. Thank you very much. No fake people on social. We've established that. Marco Kai, one of the founders of SAP Social Selling Program and a semi-regular on this series. Marco, welcome back. And Marco has sent us a really cool, (laughs) all the quotes are cool today, a quote from Kung Fu the Movie, 1986, David Carradine. Picture it, played Kwai Chang Kane. Uh, the movie, Kung, Kung Fu the Movie, is a 1986 made-for-TV film and the first in a series of sequels that continued the story of the Shaolin monk, Kwai Chang Kane, first introduced in the 1972-75 to television series, Kung Fu. The role of Kane is resumed by David Carradine. The role of his son, Chung Wang, is played by Brandon Lee in his acting debut. And the film aired on Brandon Lee's 21st birthday. How about that? Here's the quote. Being fast is the ultimate secret for a Kung Fu king to defeat enemies. Marco, love the quote. How have you been? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me back. I, I'm always happy when you're on the show. The quote is wonderful. Talk to me. You're a big fan of David Carradine or Carradine or wherever you say it. Or And Kung Fu, tell me what your thoughts are and how you picked a movie quote. I love the quote. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So the movie was, uh, I think, in uh, 2016. And it was, it was on the top, definitely top, uh, one of the top movies of that year that people go crazy. And I, I mean, who doesn't? For them, love comfort, right? So, uh, if you know that in China, actually, there are so many different styles. You can you can actually take it um, for some kinds of like a, um, like the superhero that each of the superhero has their own own style, right? And but uh, for example, like uh, the uh, the hero the the hero man uh, that defeats the Quicksilver only because he is faster. So it's 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 also the true that with Chinese kung fu that you can have all kinds of like different style, but when you get fast, then nobody actually can defeat you. So I think I found that the quote is um, it's very relevant to what we uh, can take from selling because uh, uh, if I remember that according to a study from Harvard University, that seventy uh, percent of sales 
or, or relationship actually got lost because uh, at some point time, uh, at some point of time that uh, the sales people sales executives they just for some reason uh, lost contact with their with their customer and they failed to be the first one to uh, respond to a customer changes or mm-hmm. or uh, you know any updates on the relationship so actually the people who can actually take very fast ac- action to respond to changes on the customer side actually uh, has tremendous advantage advantages in the competition um, and this training offers a lot of uh, tools and techniques and uh, and methodologies that helps sales reps to stay on the top of uh, uh, awareness of uh, customer change and uh, um, take uh, intelligent follow-up and be really fast to respond to the market so I, I that's why I found this uh, quote uh, is very powerful for, for our talk today it, it really is I'm very intrigued now, now Marco tell me the premise of today's mm-hmm. show is you can take social, put it on top of traditional, and get to the close faster. Do you agree or disagree with that? Oh, I, I definitely agree because uh, if you think about how uh, actually people living now even uh, living in double reality, right? Like one is physical reality and another is digital reality. But just think, like even mom, mom is uh, already late over uh, her sixty, but. Uh, I think now she actually spent more time on, on her mobile phone than uh, spent time with me. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so just think about that. <laughs> I'm getting, I get it different generous, you know. <laughs> Seriously. That's, that's funny. So just think about the, uh, how, how, how much time people spend on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on uh, whatever, Instagram. Actually, uh, it's, it's just going to be more and more. And uh, there are... Uh, from their digital footprint, uh, they leave a lot of information, leave a lot of the signals for sales reps to actually take follow-up actions. And you, if you fail to see this signal, pick up these signals, you're actually pushing the opportunity to your competitor who are more active in the, in the digital world. And we actually have many, many uh, statistics uh, at SAP that are showing that uh, uh, salespeople who embrace social selling uh, the skills, the techniques, the the, the tools—they are the, uh, so much more um, success in the in the in current uh, nowadays. So I definitely, I definitely is a, a strong believer of a, of the uh, social selling. It's going to help the salespeople to be um, more successful over the traditional one. Thank you. Very interesting. I love that the quotable moment there a moment ago, Marco, when you said we're all living in double, a double reality. We have our virtual selves and we have our, our real real face-to-face people selves. I, I just, that, you know, it's absolutely true. It's very, very perfect the way you said it. Thank you. So uh, I wanted to circle back around the table. I'm, I'm laughing and smiling because this is such a great conversation. Marco Tenero, I'm still pronouncing your name correctly at Grapevine 6. I have three questions for you, Mark. I think I tried to prepare you. Let's see how you're going to do. Number one, where in the world are you today? Number two, what's your favorite drink that makes you smile? I've got your PR picture here, and that's quite a smile. Actually, all three of you are smiling. I put my guest pictures in my notes so I can see while I'm talking to you, and that works for me. That's that's a third reality, Marco, is I've got you on, I've got you in my ear live, and I'm on, I'm on the web, and I'm tweeting, and I'm looking at your static pictures here in my notes in a Word document. So I've got three, I think I have three realities here. So Mark, where are you? What's your favorite drink in the whole wide world that powers you to be such a happy person engaged in what you do? And what do you do at Grapevine 6? So Mark Latenero, talk to me. All right. Thank you, Bonnie. So where I am right now, I am physically uh, located in sunny Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, oh. which is where our um, which is where our secondary headquarters is being yes. set up for 
Grapevine 6. The main HQ is out of Toronto, Canada, but there's several of us that are, um, that are centered out of here in Charlotte. Uh, I've been here about three years, born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, um, but happy I made the move, obviously. Uh, nine months of spring and summer. Can't really complain about that here. Um, <laughs> my favorite drink, honestly, in general, you know, I enjoy cocktails and beer and um, all that fun stuff, but for me, it's a very systematic and structured cup of coffee every single morning, a very <laughs> specific cup of coffee. So I'm like my Starbucks Pike Place medium roast. I make it here at home, um, and it's, it's just part of my morning routine. And, and so it, it just really helps warm me up in the morning. Um, I have it at the same exact time every single day in the same exact coffee cup, obviously. I am a creature of habit, if you didn't already figure that out already. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's just something about that cup of coffee in the morning when you get things started that just warms you up and just really gets you ready to start the day. Um, so that's my favorite drink. And what I do at, um, at my company, Grapevine 6, I am the, customer, the senior customer success manager. And so really my job is to make sure that the users that are enrolled in our tool are properly educated on, first and foremost, the value of social media and why they need to be incorporating it into their day-to-day activities, whether it's from a sales perspective or a thought leadership standpoint, mm-hmm. and then also training and educating them on the, the ins and outs, functionality, capabilities of our tool so that um, as soon as we hop off the line, they can essentially hit the ground running. So um, those are couple of my responsibilities but the big so you know sort of overarching umbrella is my job is to make sure that our customers are happy and mm-hmm. um, what our sales reps said that we would deliver on it's my job to make sure that we execute on that so that's that's everything I have Thank you, and I have to tell you, I'm in Durham. I don't know if I mentioned that to you on our prep we call. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, yeah and yes. um, only a couple hours away. Only a couple hours away, and I'm I'm having somewhat of the same weather system. It's in the 60s when you wake up here, and it goes up to low 80s mm-hmm. now. And I just turned off the AC system on my uh, my <laughs> my central air. I turned it off because I said to myself, "It's silly to say cool me down to 72 when I'm waking up and it's 65 out. Why am I bothering?" So I have to have to readjust everything. One question for you: What do you put in that? cup of coffee, that Pike's Place coffee that you love. Anything, go in it, cream, sugar, God forbid sugar, excuse me, uh, uh, half and half, a little bit of whipped cream, anything special? Um, Actually, yes. So I use Cold Stone Creamery creamer, which gives it kind of this, not not necessarily frothy, but it gives it um, more of a sweet and full taste. Um, And I've I've been using that same creamer for like five or six years now. And then just two sugars. So it's just a little hit of the Cold Stone Creamy Creamer, a couple of sugars, and Ah. uh, that is my perfect cup of coffee right there. I take back what I said about no sugar. I know most people have cut. I've tried to cut that out. Anyway, do you get Cold Stone Creamy Creamer in the in the uh, supermarket, or do you have to go to Cold Stone for it? No. So they um, they rolled it out to all the major supermarkets. Not I have to look for it. Check it out. I feel like once you've 
Try it once, you're going to be hooked. Because that's what I will. I, I like that idea. Thank you very much. I'll look for it. Brandon Bornanson at Seamless AI. Same three questions. Where are you in the world today? What do you love to drink the most that powers your smile? You've got a, you all have award-winning smiles in your pictures. I feel like you're sitting in the room with me here, which is really, really fun. And what do you do? What is Seamless AI? Yeah, great. So, Bonnie, I'm coming to you seven hours uh, seven hours south in Columbus or, or north, Columbus, Ohio. Go Buckeyes, O-H-I-O. Uh, we've got a pretty big office here and uh, love it. Although I, I miss Lake Norman, Mark, so I'm going to have to come back your way here soon. And, Invitation uh, always there. You know, what, what I drink, this is going to sound boring, but I am a, I am a keto ketogenic kind of like lover. I just love everything black and I drink a ton of coffee. So I'm a blonde roast Starbucks kind of guy, large blonde roast at 5 a.m. And then I'll, I'll do another pretty big refill at around 3 p.m. to, to power through the day. Wow. Um, so so pretty, pretty boring, but... No, it's not coffee. boring at all. Do you put anything in your blonde roast? No, no, because like if I put, and by the way, I'm vegan, so like I, I don't do any dairy or any of that jazz. Um, if I would put anything, I'd put almond milk, um, but I don't put anything in my coffee because I don't want to slow down the, the fat burn ah. and the uh, ketogenic, you know, it's a new thing, the keto, the keto uh, diet per se. So that's kind of where I'm at, but I've been drinking black coffee forever. I, I cut out putting anything in it a few cool. years ago. Wonderful. I'm going to try to get off of, off of coffee and just do like water, but I'm nah. not there yet. And nah, don't even bother. Work to do. Don't even bother. Yeah, right. We, but Brandon, we had a guest on several years ago who told a story of she was, she got habituated to coffee when she was three or four years old. Her parents had dinner parties and they taught her how to clear the table. Well, most of the adults hadn't finished their coffee. So she would slurp the coffee out of the leftover coffee on the dinner table cups and by the time she was 10 or 12 she was coffee addicted she started a new job and she announced to her boss that she was a 12 to 15 cup a day coffee drinker and he challenged her he said to her I'm going to challenge you to get it down to maybe two cups a day can you do it she said I'm in after two weeks the boss went he gave her a month for the challenge after two weeks he went back to her and he said would you please go back to your 12 to 15 cups a day and she asked why and the answer was because you talk so fast without the caffeine we can't understand a word you say so they told her to go back. I had to share that with you that was one of the most memorable coffee stories yours is as well so tell me what what is your job what is Seamless AI what do you do yeah so um, I'm the founder and CEO of Seamless.ai we deliver the, the world's best sales leads and we, we built an artificial intelligence platform that will find everyone that you need to sell to and then use AI to research and validate and verify perfect emails, phone numbers, and insights for those people. And a big part of our search engine is social and uh, looking at all the social data and all the social profiles, as well as all the publicly available data and making it uh, very organized and useful so that salespeople and marketers can can maximize revenue results and pipeline and appointments booked. And uh, we built it, you know, it's all about just having a need to connect with more people socially and traditionally. 
Thank you very much. Nice to get to know you. Enjoy your coffee. And now let's go to Marco Kai. I know you're back with us, Marco. Where are you today in the world? And what do you love to drink? And tell me what, you, what you've what you been up to at Social Selling at SAP. Marco? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm currently in a very lovely town at the, in the southwest of China where uh, actually every every panda bear uh, actually get uh, exported from here. So this is ho- hometown for all the panda bears. So there, we have a panda and a kung fu. So we, we have kung fu panda, right? <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Um, just uh, Mark and uh, Brenda said uh, they, they love uh, black coffee, and uh, I, I tried so so hard, but I just love uh, sweet coffee. It's uh, it's really like nothing really um, uh, fancy, but uh, there's something called I'm not sure you heard if you heard about it. So a white coffee is a, a coffee variation that's uh, available um, most very popular in Malaysia, uh, Southwest uh, Southwest Asia. I just love them. So now currently I'm drinking one cup of a very nice white coffee. It's not very healthy, a lot of sugar in it, but it makes me happy. So, yeah. so I'm drinking. <laughs> that's what it's all about. That's what it's dark coffee. That's what it's all about. And tell me what you've been up to. <laughs> Sorry, pardon. What have you been up to? What are you doing in social selling these days? Yeah, so, so this year we actually are very busy with social selling. Um, uh, we keep pushing social selling to help salespeople in in a traditional way. Like social selling has been a, a, a big topic for salespeople that everyone is excited about it. Uh, but this year we actually take one step forward that uh, we see that so many people outside sales, including marketing uh, or pre-sales, or sometimes uh, even SAP executives, they they all get so interested in social selling. They want uh, because we see so many aspects that uh, can help them. For example, the executives so can help them to build their social uh, social brand and then grow their uh, reputation uh, and help SAP to promote our brand. So this year, we actually extended our scope and to help uh, 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 more people outside of the sales, um, a sales organization to embrace social selling. So this year has been really, really exciting. Thank you very much for bringing us up to date, gentlemen. We are running a little bit long here because we're having such a good conversation, so we're skipping the break. Mark Lotenero, that means I'm going to pick a topic from your list, and we're going to go around the table and dive a little bit deeper into our topic today. And, Mark, I see two statements here I would like to combine with your permission. Number one, you say, it seems that people think social selling is all about sharing content. If I share enough content, surely one of my prospects prospects will respond. And the other thing you say is decision makers in 2018 typically consume five pieces of content before engaging with a sales rep. So Mark, could you put these together for us? And then we will find out if Brandon and Marco agree or disagree with you. Go ahead, Mark Lotenero. Sure thing. Yeah. So um, starting with the first one, it seems like people think that social selling is all about sharing content. So, you know, this is, I guess, you know, that's one of the starting points that speak to not truly understanding not only value, but the strategic approach to effectively engage with your audience online uh, and specifically with your target audience. So I, you know, a, a lot of individuals think that social media is a dialogue or um, I'm sorry, monologue. Uh, it's a monologue. And so if I just share enough content, if I just put stuff and things in front of my audience enough, then hopefully at some point when they're ready, they will, you know, they will eventually take the initiative to reach out to me or raise their hand or give me some sort of digital signal that signifies I'm ready to have a conversation. But in reality, it should be the exact opposite. It should be more of a dialogue. You are 
you are online to provide value to your audience um, in more than one way. Not, not only sharing relevant content that helps them in their day-to-day, but also engaging with them. You have to interact online just as much as, as you share content um, or else, you know, apart from some of the rare cases, nothing's going to happen. Um, and so that's why it's, it's extremely important to, to be highly engaged so that when the time is right to have that conversation about next steps or to have that intro call or, or discovery call, this person is going to already know who you are because not only have they seen your content, but they know you from interacting and engaging with a lot of their posts in the past. And um, when we're talking about decision makers in 2018, consuming between five pieces of content um, before engaging with a sales rep, you know, I think that that speaks to the dialogue too, as well. Um, your your audience and your targets are online and they are doing their own research um, before they decide to take any sort of action. And so that's why it's really important that you need to fish where the fish are. If your targets are online, then you need to be online and you need to be sharing relevant content uh, so that they have the ability to consume it. It can't just be anything. It has to be something that adds value Mm -hmm. to their day to day. Um, And then it's also really important again, to engage with the content that your audience is sharing too. So it's not just that one prong approach. So I guess you could sort of lump those two together in a sense that, you know, step one is, is really sharing content with your audience. And it's important still to share content on top of interacting with it because your decision makers are reading it and they're doing their online research um, before they decide to, to, take that next action. So you want to make sure that you're in front of them. But it's definitely uh, broken down into a two-prong approach. Thank you, Mark. Very interesting. It sounds like when they're doing their homework, you as the salesperson need to do yours about what interests them and what they're looking for. There's, there's two parts to that. You're right. Let's turn to Brandon Bornance. And Brandon, agree or disagree with everything that Mark said? Talk to me. Yeah, I, I agree with, with Mark wholeheartedly. Um, and one of the big things that, that we educate our internal sales team and the 10,000 plus salespeople and marketers we work with is you have to give to get in sales. Like Mark said, it's not about just sharing your own content. You know, today, prospects are busier than ever. They don't care about you. They don't care about what you do, what you sell, what mm-hmm. you need, what you want, or what you're interested in. The only thing prospects and ideal customers care about is one thing and one, one thing only. What can you do for me? What can you do for me today? And um, it's all about you have to give to get in sales. You have to deliver value 18 hours a day, seven days a week across social channels, across traditional channels. You know, I don't consider social and traditional dip, like I consider it just they're all critical sales channels that you have to leverage. And to, to make value out of any of those channels, you have to give to get. And uh, by, by giving, you know, our goal is a 10 to 1 give ratio. Like, how can we give so much value, 10x the amount of value? So if I want to work with Mark or Marco at SAP, I'm going to try to give him so much value at SAP, like 10x, so that way, you know, when he's ready to make a buying decision or when he's interested in sales leads or whatever it may be, he reaches out to us because we've delivered so much value to help take him and his team and his company 
from where they are today to where they need to go tomorrow, you have to put yourself in, the, in your customer's shoes. Like, you know, I, I'm not a CEO of a, a thousand person company. You know, we've got 25 people, but I'm getting 320 emails a day. I get probably 170 emails a day. Um, you know, it's interesting. Most of our chat chat with prospects now is actually through LinkedIn messaging, which is pretty funny. That's the power of how important social selling is. But, you know, if anyone trying to sell to me, I get contacted probably 500 times total a day. And mm. if you're not delivering value, if you're just talking about yep. you, yourself, your company, your case studies, I don't care. I'm not going to talk to you and I'm going to delete your message. There you go. You've heard all of you out there trying to send messages to Brandon. You just heard his his rules he lives by. Thank you, Marco Kai. Love to get your thoughts on this. Agree or disagree? Talk to me. Yeah, I think I think um, I I 100% uh, agree with what uh, Marco and Brandon just mentioned. I think in the in the area of digital uh, or social selling, um, selling, people are so bombed by by the information explosion, and they're desperate to get help. If you fail to provide value, if you only care about yourself, like so many people just uh, uh, share content, it, it's very common. They like, share content randomly um, to their social social platform without storytelling, without uh, value sharing, without insight. Uh, you know that 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 is very unlikely uh, to uh, to success. So uh, what when we deliver the training uh, in, uh, within SAP, we the first thing we ask people is change their mind. Uh, they need to change their mind from selling. To providing a value, or to be, to be a storytelling, to focus on the customer value. So definitely, I, I totally agree. Thank you very much. I'm moving around the table here. Good conversation, Brandon. I'm looking at your notes here. Something I have not seen before, or perhaps in a long time, on on our series on social selling. You say document. Everything you do and post about in social documentation wins in the long run. Teach others what you do and learn every day. You got to explain this one to me, Brandon, please. Yeah. So, so I went from a thousand connections on LinkedIn to, to nearly 20,000 connections in six months from, from literally doing two things from being authentic. I, I stopped trying to use this fake marketing and sales lingo and being perfect on social and every post would be just perfect mm. and it would be worded perfectly and it'd be political. And it, you know, like I was just like, you know what? This isn't me. Like, like yes, I'm, I'm the CEO of a company and I, I have to worry about what I say, but people know who I am. They know that I love to work 18 hours a day, seven days a week. They know that I love sales leads, social selling, grinding in sales, giving it your all, crushing quota, maximizing revenue pipeline, you know, every, closing deals every day of the week and delivering value. And, and I was just like, I'm just going to be my true self and I'm going to document every single thing I do. And when I launched my company, I was like, from zero to 100 million in revenue, I am going to document every single thing we do. And because we sell sales software, you know, Everything that I would document is about selling and about building the company. And in, in six months, because I, I'd be sharing social selling strategies on LinkedIn. I'd be sharing cold calling strategies, emailing strategies, voicemail, video, texting, like tips, strategies, best practices, ideas, and content that my audience, which is the sales audience, would get a value from that. Mm-hmm. The minute I started documenting everything we do that could help my audience improve their sales efforts and their sales results, 
you know, our, my, my personal following skyrocketed. And people reach out all the, you know, 50% of our leads right now is from LinkedIn social selling. That's, by the way, that's the power of social selling. That's the power. That's why Marco invests so much time and money into making sure SAP has that nailed. Because literally 50, 75%, and you could probably get to even 90% of your leads could come from social selling. We're talking millions of dollars in sales and pipeline and, and revenue results. And one of the ways, strategies that we leverage is to document what we're doing every day and sharing it with our audience. If it can, and, and my uh, stress test for that, Bonnie, when I talk mm-hmm. about documenting, if I do something right now, I say, will this help my audience move their business forward? Like if it's something stupid that does not take them from t- today where they're at to where they need to go tomorrow, I don't share it. But if I documented something, let's just say it was a sales objection, you know, referral is too expensive, not interested, need to talk to my boss, or, or it was a certain social selling script that increased connection uh, confirmations by 80%. Like, I'm always evaluating that stress test. Anything that I document, would it help any, you know, any person in my network increase their sales results? And if the answer is yes, I share it. Wonderful. I like that sharing idea. That's the, I'm going to just take a step back here and say that in social selling, there's a generosity, a generosity of spirit, a generosity of information, a generosity of time. Am I right with that, Brandon? Yes, absolutely. And I also think it's important, Bonnie, to make sure that you're, you're doing, you're sharing the, the successes and the failures. Yes. I'm super humble. I fail so much. And I love sharing those stories because sometimes as salespeople marketers, we learn the most from failure. That's part of being authentic, Brandon. That's absolutely correct. Marco, Kai, love to get your thoughts on what Brandon just shared. Be authentic, not always perfect. Document, 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 and share. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. In our experience, we find it uh, extremely important for social studying uh, practice um, a practitioner to keep tracking how people respond to whatever they share and what or whatever they do, try to do with such studying. Um, without such tra- uh, tracking and constant improvement, um, you know, your social studying activity could be, you know, just heading to some very wrong direction. And uh, as, as, as we just mentioned, that's in, in the social studying age that uh, uh, the customers are very fast changing and they're desperate uh, to get uh, help and the value. So uh, absolutely, I think, uh, um, well, on a bigger, big picture, I, I would say that uh, as every social seller should make a strategy in terms of what they do, what they share, or what what kind of tool they use. So there needs to be a strategy uh, put in place. But I I tell you, I I am one hundred percent with um agree with uh, what Brenda just mentioned. Thank you, Mark Lotenero. Thoughts, please. Yeah. So first and foremost, the authenticity part. Um, you know, a lot of individuals in sales are very formal in the traditional sense. You know, through email exchanges and through phone calls, which I think it's understandable. You want to be very professional and formal, but that may necessarily not be exactly who you are as a person. Not saying that naturally most of us aren't professional, but when we're trying to get a sense of who we are as people and unique individuals, social media is perfect for that because you can give your audience not only a sense of your expertise from a professional perspective, but 
also, you know, anecdotal fun stuff just about your own personality. So people get a sense of who you are as a human being rather than just an email signature or a, you know, um, a dial-in or just a picture from your LinkedIn page. So I think authenticity also breeds trust as well. The more authentic you are, the less your audience can see, all right, this person is, is just trying to sell me or, you know, so on and so forth. So yes, authenticity, huge. And then documenting everything I think is absolutely important too as well. And Brandon, I don't know anybody that does it better than he does. So almost every single day, multiple times a day, he will share something with his entire network on either a big win or a big fail. You know, here's a social media hack. Here's how I increase my conversion rates by X percent. And so it's, that just speaks more to the fact of you are online to, to ultimately at the end of the day, add value to your network. And so if, you know, if I'm logging on, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to read his post because I know in the past he's actually helped me a lot out with tips and tricks in sales and also failures that you want to avoid. And then Bonnie, real quick, even to expand on that even more, Mm -hmm. I also think that we need to be documenting everything that our audience does in terms of interacting with our content as well. So it's going to be really important for me as a sales rep if I've been targeting an individual for four months and they start interacting with my content, well, that's my attribution right there. And so I'm going to want to take every like, every comment, and I'm going to want to log that in CRM. And I could even come up with my own lead scoring system. So once Joe Smith interacts with my content X amount of times, he's now moved on to the more warmer bucket. So I think that it's beneficial for sales teams and especially sales VPs who oversee teams when you're, when you're trying to find attribution, which is a, which is a big hurdle in social, you know, it's not as easy. How can you attribute a like to a closed deal? Um, And I think that a good start with that is keeping a tracking system in place on maybe 10 or 15 of your target prospects when they're interacting mm-hmm. with your content, just go ahead and, and just make a quick note of it in CRM. So, so that information and that data doesn't get lost. It stays top of mind. And then you can, over time, understand, you know, typically after this amount of interactions is when they usually sort of raise their hand. And then it, it's more appropriate to reach out from a sales perspective. So um, fascinating that. Fascinating. Yeah. By the way, we're, we're officially in our crystal ball predictions round, and we're down to 60 seconds apiece. This is a great conversation. I wish we had more time. We've covered a lot. Marco, since I didn't get to any of your discussion statements, and I did want to talk about building your own social brand, we'll save that for another episode. Marco, I'm going to start with mm-hmm. you, so why don't you give me 60 seconds of predictions? What will change about perhaps this, com- this combination of social on top of traditional, which would mean still have in-person and contact with people, but start on social. So Marco Kai, 60 seconds, predict, go fast, go. Wow, okay, that's uh, actually not easy to predict because there are so many things happening with social selling. But the first thing I think social selling is going to only going to be more and more important in the in the fast-changing um, digital door reality. And the second thing is social selling will be more and more technical uh, 
empowered. For example, there are um, will be constantly new tools, new technologies adding. So it's sending while the, the principle, the, the overall methodology will probably stay um, not change a lot, but uh, there will be a lot of uh, new tools, new technologies supporting it. So uh, it will be very technical savvy, and uh, that people that uh, want to become a success social seller, they definitely need to prepare for, for what's upcoming, and they need to change their behaviors and the mindset. Thank you very much. Mark Lotonero, exactly 60 seconds, go. All right, so um, I think that within the next five years or so, and this is barring no privacy issues, I see a new world in sales of automated social media lead gen and scoring. And so Mm -hmm. I think at some point when an individual interacts with a piece of content that you post, let's say that they like a post, that individual, their name, company, email, and phone is going to be essentially grabbed and input into CRM as a lead and assigned a specific score. And then from there, automated any further interactions are going to contribute to that lead score um, and all that activity, and um, the score will adjust accordingly. So after X amount of interaction, it's going to hit the score, like I said earlier, to where it's appropriate and warm enough for you to reach out with some sales materials and get that sales ball rolling. But I think at some point it's going to be automated, and it's going to be sort of like a set-it-and-forget-it type thing, auto social lead scoring and lead gen. Love it. Thank you very much. I saved oh, mm-hmm. just barely 60 seconds for you, Brandon Bornanson. Go ahead. Fast. Beep, beep. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, it's going to get really intelligent. So, so working in the artificial intelligence space, we have so much data on companies and people, and you can leverage all this data to, to find new relationships, build new relationships, acquire new relationships and opportunities. And I think just as we go over the next five years, with one click, you're going to be able to instantly get everything about a person, you know, everything, everything that they're sharing, everything that they care about, their hobbies, their interests, their personalities, their favorite sports teams, their favorite news, you name it. And then being able to leverage that data to automatically, yeah, engage and interact with, with different individuals. So Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. To build those it's, relationships. it's exciting for sales, and it's scary for those of us who are not. One click, everything you need to know. I have 30 seconds to close. I want to thank my three <laughs> panelists. What an interesting and lively conversation. I think we just... Just touched the tip of the iceberg on everything you had to share, but it was great. Thank you so much to Mark Lotonero at Grapevine 6, Brandon Bornanson at Seamless AI, and Mark Okai at SAP. A shout-out to AJ Arif at SAP for putting together a wonderful panel and great topic. AJ, you outdid yourself. And series sponsor Kirsten Boyleau at SAP in Canada. Aaron at World Talk Radio, the business channel, our engineer extraordinaire. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you for listening, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Mark Lotonero, just like Brandon Bornanson, and just like Mark Okai. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Social Selling, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, Tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.